All right, welcome back, guys, to the second sports episode of Take It From Us. Hope everyone had a good Thanksgiving. Hope everyone's staying warm inside today. Um, so we're going to jump right into NFL games first here so we can hopefully have this out to you guys before the noon games start. Um, so this week, um, for all our uh, fans down in Vegas hitting the sports books this week, we're going to give you a, uh, a like it, a love it, and a game to stay away from. Um, any of you guys want to go first here? Um. I'll go first here. My like it of the week would have to be the Bucks at home minus two. Uh, the 49ers, you know, two and eight on the road. Uh, I just, you know, got to go with the home team here. My love it would be Jets plus 13. Um, Patriots are obviously a much better team, but it's supposed to be raining and Patriots on the road, Tom Brady didn't practice all week, and I, I just don't think they went by two touchdowns. And my game to stay away from this week would be Steelers-Broncos. Uh, a lot of people would think Steelers with a much better record would be an easy cover this week, but, you know, Broncos in mile high, tough place to play. I would stay far away from that game. All right. <clears throat> I'll roll into my picks here. Uh, my love it would be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, <clears throat> you'll have Jameis uh, at the helm today. And San Francisco this morning just has a lot circling the locker room um, with uh, Foster being released this morning. Um, on top of that, Tampa Bay's at home. Um, you know, I don't. I think they're somewhat better than their three and seven record. They're going to put up points. Um, this is also the highest over-under of the week, too. Um, my like it, I'd go with the New York Jets. Like Brooks said, um, Brady didn't practice all week. Gronk is back today. Um, that should help the Patriots some, but I don't think they're winning this game by 13 on the road in New York um, in the weather conditions they have there today. Uh, and then my game to stay away from is Jacksonville-Buffalo. Um, two, three, and seven teams. Um, neither one look very good. Their defenses both look pretty good. Um, it's the lowest un over under of the week here, but I'd stay away from that. Um, just cause you never know what you're going to get out of those guys. Jacksonville almost beat Pittsburgh last week. Buffalo was up 31 to nothing at halftime on New York. So just cause you never know what you're going to get there. I'd stay away from that. All right. Yeah. And I'm going to go with my like it. I'm actually going to go Seahawks. Plus three against the Panthers. I think, I think Seahawks playing well. Russell Wilson always shows up in November, so we'll see. But that would that would be my love it if it was in Seattle. But since it's in Carolina, I'm gonna have to go just to like it on that. But I'm I'm pretty confident in the Seahawks right now. Uh, my love it. I'm gonna have to go with the Jets plus thirteen as well against New England. Like like Brooks said, the Patriots are a much better team. But I don't know since it, since it's in New York, I think it's just iffy to me. And then. For my stay away, I'm yeah, I'm definitely gonna have to go with the Steelers Broncos. Um, Broncos kind of threw a curveball at us beating the Chargers last week, and I just don't know what Denver team's gonna show up, and you never know what Steelers team's gonna show up either. So, so yeah, those are my picks for the week. 
If you're wondering why the hell should we listen to these three guys, uh, we did go 3-0 and in our locks on Thursday, yep. so that was, that was nice. Um, all the favorites covered on Thursday. Um, so, yeah, not saying we're going to be right again this week, but I don't know. Maybe, maybe we're hot right now. <laughs> no, Got to stick with it. Um, some other games today that we didn't really talk about. Green Bay, Minnesota is the night game tonight. That should be a good one. That line's at three right now. Um, Minnesota's favorite at home. Um, Miami, Indianapolis, eight and a half there is Indy as a home favorite. Um, let's see what else we got what here. Do you think of the Giants-Eagles game? I was just talking to Jake about that before you got there. I was going to pick that as my upset of the week. Yeah, it's, I don't know. I mean, Philly's just, they lack a lot of confidence mm-hmm. right now. And I just, the Giants have won their last two, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Remember and when they, Odell said yeah, and they were that, seven. For that reason, Odell promised to <laughs> I mean, run the table and, you know. Who knows what he has With a struggling Philly team, you never know. I could definitely see it. They're a plus 170 money line today. I, you know, if we, were to, if we were to pick an upset for a money line, I think I like the Giants. Yeah, that's the one. I like it, too. Um, Browns-Bengals will be interesting. A slumping Bengals team and a yeah. Browns team that's more yeah. talented than their record says. And A.J. Green's out, too, yeah. so that's very I feel like all the signs in that game are pointing to a, a Browns upset. I yeah. know. Bengals are at home and only a one-point favorite there, so that's that's interesting. Mm-hmm. But It's hard to call that an upset, though. I mean, Yeah, yeah. not really. That's pretty much a pick em. Yeah. Um, and then Monday night, we got Titans-Texans. Um, a thriller of a game. Yeah. <laughs> we'll go ahead and throw our picks at you for that one in case you're not getting to this podcast till Sunday night, Monday morning. Um, I can go ahead and start it off here. I think the Titans played out of their minds when they played the Patriots. Um, they played very well, figured out Brady, um, and you know put up some points on them too. But I think Houston, um, I think Houston wins this game. They look good. They've won. Have they won their last seven? I think they started 0-3 or something like that. I don't know. They've won a lot of their last. They're on a roll right now. Um, right now the line's at three and a half. If it drops to three, I'd be all over the Texans for sure. Yeah, I'm with I'm with Jake here. Um, you know, I never know what to make of the Titans, but with a Houston team as hot as they are at home on Monday night, I don't think they have two big wins in, in, wins in a row. So, Texans. Yeah, I'm definitely going to have to go with Houston here, too. Um, Tennessee won the last meeting in Tennessee. So, I feel like Deshaun Watson will have him ready to get a little revenge here. So, yeah, I like Houston. Be interested to see what role um, Demarius Thomas plays this week. No catches, no yards last week. Um, We'll see if he's more integrated in the offense or not. Um, But that's kind of our pick for Monday night. So, if you're in Vegas and you want some easy money, listen to us. Go put your picks in. Um, <clears throat> so that kind of wraps up what we got for NFL this week. Um, kind of a, a down weekend since we had three games on Thursday night. Um, so while we're on the topic of football, we can dive into a little more here. Um, recap college football this weekend. Um, talk about a couple different games here. Um, so I'd say let's jump right into probably the most exciting game yeah. of the year. Most exciting game I can remember in a while, LSU-A&M last night. Seven <laughs> overtimes. I think it, it, record tying for amount of overtime, yeah. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Seven overtimes. And <laughs> what goes overlooked is that A&M last play of regulation mm-hmm. threw a touchdown to and, force overtime. And us Nebraska fans can uh, really relate to this because they had zero seconds on the clock and they put one second yeah. back on. 
when they spiked it. And I was like, oh, this is a nightmare. And if you didn't see it, before that even happened, LSU had what would have been the game-clinching interception. Mm -hmm. So LSU thinks they just won the game. They go and Gatorade bath Coach O. So (laughs) Coach O is just soaked. (laughs) And they review it quarterback's knee was down so a&m still has the ball coach o's standing there soaked he's trying to coach the rest of regulation when his knee was down that brought up a fourth and 18 they converted that and as colin said got very lucky by the refs putting a second back on the clock and then i think what was it broke like a 20 yard touchdown yeah, too that was not yeah, so i mean <laughs> all lsu has to do there step up make a play on fourth and 18 or make a play with you know, one second left in the game when they're 20 yards from the end zone. So, but. And man, that's a tough <laughs> moment for Coach O because not only do you have to coach seven more overtime soaked in Gatorade, but they ended up losing yeah. the game. Yeah, exactly. Imagine if you're a ref for that game too. You're like, get me the hell out of mm-hmm. here, honestly. And I, I thought it was crazy. They go to seven overtimes and it was never um, one team kicked a field goal. So this one kicked one a tie. It was they Always scored touchdowns. a yeah. touchdown yeah. in every overtime. And just the fact that like one would get the two-point conversion, the other one would. One wouldn't, the other one wouldn't. I'm like, how is this thing still going on? Yeah, Especially with LSU, a pretty solid defensive team yeah, this year. Both of them, honestly. Yeah. They look good in the in regulation, and then 84 <laughs> points combined scored in overtime. That's just that's crazy. <laughs> I don't know. And on top of that, too, you had Michigan losing this week um, to Ohio State. We'll dive into that in a second. So LSU probably would have shot up. You know, so a, at least one spot in the mm-hmm. rankings and stuff. Um, <laughs> if you bet the under for the game, that's unfortunate. I, <laughs> yeah, that's a tough break. Yeah. But we can dive into Michigan State, Ohio State. Oh now. my Jeez. goodness! I was very surprised. I don't know about you guys, but mm-hmm. I, you know, I wouldn't have been surprised if Ohio State won. But the way they won, yeah. just kind of surprised me. Ohio State looked like the much better team. Oh, <laughs> much better. It, you know, I if you're a Michigan fan listening to this, I'm sorry, but. I think it's now time to start saying that Michigan is little brother in that rivalry yes. game. Seven years in a row. Yeah, that's that's Harbaugh. tough. Um, to go to go out and get beat like that. I mean, what was it? Sixty-two points given up. Yep. On supposedly the best defense in the country. Uh, seemed like they were pretending all year long. Their two biggest games they lost. So you had to be nervous too after the first drive and they drove right down the field. Yeah. Scored a touchdown, but. Well, one of our buddies, Spencer, had pointed this out to me that, you know, rivalry game, the Michigan D coordinator had pretty much told the the media, like, what they were going to do, said, we're not scared of Ohio State, we'll stick to what we do and run man, and, you know, Ohio State killed them all day on that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's <clears throat> it's interesting the different implications this game has. Um <clears throat> Starting with Harbaugh, what does this leave for him after this year? Because this really felt like this was his year. This was his chance to go out there, hand it to Ohio State, hand it to Urban Meyer. Would have drawn a pretty favorable matchup with Northwestern in the Big Ten Championship, even though Northwestern gave him a pretty tough game this year. Mm -hmm. Um, All Michigan has to do is go out, beat Northwestern, and they're looking at probably the three or the four in the college football playoff. Now they got absolutely no shot with – Ohio State making it to the Big Ten championship. Um, and, you know, if they take care of business against Northwestern, they have they definitely have a shot to, to slide into that four spot. Now, as a Michigan fan, even though none of us are Michigan fans, if you're looking at Jim Harbaugh and his tenure here at Michigan, 
are you thinking are you thinking you want him still or do you think he's takes a hike my thing is the grass isn't always greener on the other side i mean 10 10 wins in a year i mean it's going to be hard to find a coach that's going to do better than yeah. that and i you know eventually i think he's a good enough coach he will get him over the hump but i mean i don't know who they could go out and get that's a bigger name yeah. than Harbaugh so <clears throat> and i would say this kind of has a little comparison to our Bo Pelini. He would always have the 9-win, sometimes 10-win, 8-win, but he can never win the big games, the big ranked teams. And I just feel like, like you said, I don't think the grass is greener on the other side with our comparison to Mike Riley. When we went out and got Mike Riley, and it's yeah. just... I think Harbaugh's the guy, but it's tough to be a Michigan fan seeing seven years in a row yeah. a loss to the Buckeyes. I, I would say to Michigan fans, just be patient because... I mean, I don't, I don't think there's a better coach out there for you right now. So unless it's Urban Meyer, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which won't happen. But. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see um, how the rest of the season shakes out for Ohio State if Urban Meyer's there next year yeah. or not as well, and and who would be up to replace him. I heard rumors. I don't, I don't think it's true, but um, people are talking that if Urban's out, Matt Campbell could definitely be in there. Uh, a murmur I heard was. Uh, Bob Stoops, which would be Bob Stoops going to yeah, Ohio State. That would, that'd be a kick in the teeth to Oklahoma that for would. sure. Oh, yeah. So, going to kind of dig into something I was excited to talk about here, wrapping up the Nebraska football season. Um, you know, they played a really tough game. Uh, Iowa's tough to beat in recent years at home. You knew it. you were going to see that game. It was going to be a grinded-out game, as I think Brooke kind of mentioned that last week. So, <clears throat> you watch that game as a Husker fan. You end the season four and eight. Obviously, you're not you're not thrilled with how the season went. We would have liked to at least saw a bowl game this year, but there's so much to be optimistic about, in my opinion. And <clears throat> before I even get into Nebraska, I want to get into the difference between Nebraska's football program and Iowa's football program because got a couple Iowa fans that I know, um, family members as well that, you know, are definitely giving us crap. The last four years, I believe, we've lost to Iowa. But here's the difference between Nebraska and Iowa. Iowa, in my opinion, is content with mediocrity, slightly above average. That's kind of what they've been. They had the deep run that one year. They didn't play anybody, though. Colin Cowherd had them as his fake ID of college football. They didn't play anybody that year. You saw what happened when they did. So, what do they go? They finished eight and four this year. Now yeah. eight and four in the regular season. The last few years they've been eight and four, nine and three, eight and four, seven and five, stuff like that. So after the game yesterday, it seems like all Iowa fans were pr- like they're pretty happy. They're pretty content with this season. And my thing is, Bo Pelini's last year in Lincoln. He goes out, has another nine and three regular season, ends the year with a three point victory over Iowa. And we get rid of them. Mm-hmm. And that's the difference between us and Iowa. Iowa's content with where they're at. They're happy with their 9-3, and 8-4 and four seasons, trips to the Holiday Bowl, wherever they're going. Where Nebraska isn't. That's why we brought in Riley. I, of course, brought him in, had a vision for it that obviously didn't work out. So <clears throat> we weren't content. If we were content with Polini, I'm sure the last four years we would have had some more 8-4 and four years, 9-3. and three. We're probably beating teams like Iowa, still getting blown out by, 
you know, the Ohio States, the Wisconsin's, all this stuff. That's why I'd much rather be a Nebraska fan right now than an Iowa fan, is we brought in the guy that we think is going to take us over the hump, turn us from the average football team that Bo Pelini had into a team that's, you know, competing for Big Ten championships every year and in the conversation for playoffs and New Year's Six bowl games. 100%. And I think a difference between the 4-8 and eight Nebraska team this year and what were we four and eight last year? Mm-hmm. Yeah, four and eight last year. If we were down, what were we down? Thirteen to twenty eight. Yep. We're down thirteen twenty eight. The Mike Riley team would have lost forty five to thirteen. Scott Frost team uh, lost twenty eight thirty one. I think that's just a big difference that we see from Frost and Riley, and I think we're gonna see the biggest jump we've ever seen this off season with how Frost handles it with the lifting and just whatever off season stuff. I feel like I made a bet with someone. <clears throat> And I said Nebraska is going to win nine games next year because I think our schedule is very favorable. All our big games are at home, and I feel like Frost is just going to – he's going to, going to make the biggest jump we've seen in Nebraska history, I feel like. so. I think what you saw after the Michigan State game was kind of a culture change because that was senior day, and, you know, the elements were pretty bad, and normally a Scott Frost team would not win a 9-6, to six, you know, yeah. freeze fest, but – I would say the second half of the year, you've seen Nebraska battle and win or lose, they were in it. And I think for a lot of the young guys coming back, like it was good for them to see like what they need to do to start winning more games. And I was just, I was just very happy with you know we didn't beat Iowa this year, but like Colin said, we didn't roll over when we got down two touchdowns. We fought back, and you know forced Iowa to make a clutch field goal, so was very happy to see that. And if you look at the seniors that went out, Stanley Morgan, um, Lou Gifford, Elzigbo, guys, guys like those guys, if you saw them after the game, they were emotional. They said, I wish, they said, I wish I could have four more years here, three, three more years. And like, I think it was Gifford who was crying. Yeah. Just shows the emotion that Scott Frost, or shows the effect that Scott Frost has on these guys. And I just feel like there's great things to come if you're a Nebraska fan. Yeah, and I've had people that aren't Nebraska fans make fun of us over this culture change thing. They're like, oh, you're 4-8. and eight. That doesn't look like much of a culture change. That's what you've been doing for the last few years. And it's kind of like you don't want to compare it to something of this like severity, but it's like someone that has like a drug addiction, an alcohol problem. You don't just – you know, bring someone into your life that's supposed to help you and boom, overnight, like you're fixed. Like it takes time. You got to break yourself down to build yourself back up. And that's why this year we lose to Troy at home. We lose, we get throttled by Michigan. We start the year 0 and 6. And that was proud. That was, yeah. that was the lowest point Nebraska will ever hit. We broke ourselves down in the last six games of the year. You could see this culture change every game, even Ohio State, our two losses work by combined eight points. Mm-hmm. So, and some tough opponents down that stretch. So, you're seeing the culture change, and it's coming. It's coming this offseason. You got the guys in there that are buying into this, and I think you're definitely going to see it next year. Because I'll tell you right now, I had more excitement for this four and eight team than I, even all year. When this team was 0 and six, I had more excitement than the year that we started, what was it, seven and 0? Yeah. And like, you can just see, when, if you're a, an avid football watcher, you know when 
a team is better than the record or worse than their record. And this 0-6 team was never, never near as bad as that. It was a tough, awkward start to the season with a game getting rained out. You got to play Colorado for your first game who had already played a game. So just from the start of the season, it was everything kind of stacked up against them. Um, Martinez gets hurt in that Colorado game. It's just, you, you always knew this team was better than they were. And I'm just... I didn't care what their record was. This was an exciting team to watch. I feel like we were definitely the best 0-6 team <laughs> of all time, in oh, my opinion, man. in college football history. I, and I, I want to double down on something. And uh, I think before Adrian Martinez leaves Lincoln, we're going to be in a New Year's Six Bowl. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I feel like he'll definitely be in the Heisman race by his senior Hopefully. year, mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. think. The way he played his freshman year, that's just... He's ridiculous. I mean, if he's probably the biggest hope we have going yeah. forward. I mm-hmm. mean, we're talking. We got some major explosive players coming back next year. Martinez mm-hmm. is explosive. JD will be back. Mo mm-hmm. Washington. Who? Yeah. Who's the guy that was injured? That's supposed to be like our best playmaker too. Oh crap! I can't think of his name now. We're getting a guy back that. We'll find that out for you. I'm drawing a blank on his name now, but yeah, a lot of a lot of playmakers yeah. coming back. Mm-hmm. So. I mean, you hate to see the senior class go out on that mm-hmm. four and eight season, but I mean, you know, they definitely were helping change the culture, which was, I mean, what mm-hmm. we really needed most, mm-hmm. honestly. And it's big that you had guys like Luke Gifford, Stanley Morgan, Divina Zigbo to kind of mentor the young freshmen coming in this Frost system. And it just, like I said, just goes to show the effect that Frost has on these guys, like, He's definitely a player's coach, and I'm glad we got all the termites out who transferred, like Greg Bell, uh, Greg Bell, um, Tristan Gebbia. Like I just, I don't know. I'm just glad that there's good things coming. Tyjon, Tyjon, Tyjon Lindsay. We're a, I don't know. We're a defensive front that can dominate the front line away from being a very, very, very good, good team. football team. Yeah. Add a little bit of speed on defense, <laughs> get that front line to. I mean. They don't even have to dominate. If they can just hang with these big boys in the Big East, or not the Big East, the Big Ten, um, we're, we're going to be a very tough team to beat next year. Mm-hmm. Well, that's kind of the three big college games for the weekend. You saw, I mean, there's a couple other ones. Oklahoma, West Virginia. Wow. Um, I know Showdown. some people <laughs> say there's no defense. Like, that wasn't even fun to watch. I still think that, that was, was fun, to fun to watch. Yeah. Yes. I 100% agree. Will Greer and Kyler Murray are both... Two very talented yeah. kids. Honestly. They'll, be, they'll be in New York. Yeah. For the both of them. Yeah. Both of them. We, we be, were blessed. They'll probably be two, uh, two of Kyler, and Will, and Haskins. Or do they only bring three? I don't know. Uh, it's three to five, I yeah, think. It depends, I guess. Depends how close it is. It'll either be Haskins or, I don't know, since they lost this week, but Washington State's... In my oh, opinion. Min- Minishu? Yeah. Minishu in my opinion, I think t- it's not even... A- contest at Tua I yeah. think he's gonna win heavily I mean you just gotta look <laughs> you gotta remember this Tua's stats right now are pretty much like playing three quarters yeah, yeah. the and, whole season and they're like even with everybody else yeah. so if he was playing all of those fourth quarters this year like just it would not be close no not at all um so yeah besides that we mentioned <clears throat> Washington State falls to Washington um and that kind of brings up something that you hated to see this weekend was Mackenzie Milton. Oh, um, I don't know if you saw it. Extremely gruesome injury. Uh, at this point, you just 
pray the guy can come back and, and be all right. You don't even, this is something where you don't worry about football right now. This is a guy, it was a bad injury. And the tough thing is Washington State loses, Michigan loses, LSU loses. If Milton doesn't go down, you're looking at UCF's very possible. probably like Close. number six right now yeah. because they're jumping Washington State, LSU, and Michigan. Mm-hmm. So they're number six in the country. Right and, behind Georgia. Yeah, and they're honestly – so Georgia would play Bama and say Georgia loses. And what's to say well, – I guess you got Oklahoma no, as well, too. Yeah, you got so Oklahoma. Yeah. So maybe yeah, – so six right behind Oklahoma because Georgia mm-hmm. will move to four, four. Oklahoma mm-hmm. five. It's a long shot, but if that – if Milton stays healthy um, – you're looking at probably obviously UCF would need to win their game next week and win it convincingly. I think it, I think they got Memphis again now in the yeah, championship, probably, yeah. so need to win that win convincingly. But you were you know, an, an you know. Oklahoma and Ohio State loss yeah. away from being probably in the playoffs. Well, I don't even think Ohio thing. State like just yeah. Oklahoma. Yeah, I, I believe I don't think Ohio State would jump UCF yeah. Yeah. in my opinion. I maybe who knows, but mm-hmm. it's just very unfortunate. Like like you said though, it's. I would, if I was a UCF fan, I wouldn't even be thinking about that right now. I'd be, I'd be hoping your your quarterback is okay. Like that's just, yeah. That's what very is he? Uh, is he a senior this year? <sighs> I think so. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. That's that's a tough way to go out. Yeah, it is. Um, <clears throat> and bigger picture this weekend for college football, I think the fan base who was happy happiest after this weekend got to be Oklahoma because I think right now they slide into the four spot assuming Alabama takes care of Georgia in the SEC championship game. And that's kind of ideal if he can get an Alabama-Oklahoma first-round matchup. Yeah. Because if you got – so why don't we just jump into our playoffs talk now. So who's your top six? My top six right now, I go Bama, Clemson, Notre Dame. Um, Four would be Georgia, I guess. And then five, Oklahoma – Six Ohio State, it's got to be. Yeah. So, yeah. but my thing is obviously, Georgia Bama have to play each other, and <laughs> it becomes extremely interesting if Georgia wins a close game. So if they do, that's going to be think, very tough gonna, to figure out how that I'm shakes. Quickly out. jump in. I'm sure we all can agree. We're definitely going to double down on Notre Dame is still the fraud. Yeah, the fraud of college football right now. I was looking at their schedule. They may have beaten. I think it was like five top 25 teams while they were still ranked. Mm. But if you look at it now, they only have, I think, two wins in the top 20, which is like Northwestern and Michigan. But Michigan and just got throttled by Ohio State. I don't know. Uh, I could be wrong on this, but I don't even know if Northwestern was ranked when they play them. Yeah, which, and they got lucky with that. And a lot of people say, oh, well, Stanford, they were top, they were number seven at the time. But preseason rankings really no. do they not mean, don't mean anything. Jack crap. Like we all, I mean, we all see where Stanford is now. I think they're what, like seven and seven, five. Yeah, seven and five. I saw, I saw a stat yesterday that three top ten teams to start the year in preseason rankings have five losses. Yeah, Miami, <laughs> Wisconsin, and Stanford. Yeah. Which goes to show preseason rankings mean nothing. So if you're a Notre Dame fan and you feel good about your team, I would have to disagree. Don't you guys <laughs> suck. But <clears throat> if they draw Clemson first round, which is looking like if Bama wins, that's what's going to happen. Um, I think Clemson wins that game by two scores. Yeah. It's not a, it's not a three or single four digit scores totally in my eyes. Totally agree. It's um, so I I think because obviously Notre Dame's in now. Clemson has to go out and beat. Don't know who they draw now. 
in the Club ACC game? championship? Pittsburgh, I believe. Pitt, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Who I think Pitt didn't Pitt just lose this week too, so Pitt's going to drop Miami. out of the top twenty-five. <laughs> yeah. um, so that should be a gimme. I think Bama takes care of Georgia, and if that's the case, then I think as long as Oklahoma wins their conference championship game, Oklahoma's in, yeah. which is what I want to see. I want to see Oklahoma, Alabama first round, and then even though we've seen it <laughs> how many times now? Two times, I think. It's probably going to be Bama-Clemson yeah. in the championship. Which I'm fine with. Yeah. I believe they're the two best teams in college mm-hmm. football right now. Which, I think the, yeah. the two best teams to give Alabama a run for their money is Oklahoma and Clemson. So I do not want to see a Notre Dame so, yeah. 4-1 game. That's just... No. It's just going to oh, be like my. the national championship yeah. what, in 2012. Yeah. Especially yeah. as Nebraska fans now, like... I'm not rooting for anyone. I don't think either of these guys are uh, rooting. We just want to see good football. Definitely. Yeah. So, which is I, why I would love. I would just love to see how everything should be. Alabama beats Georgia. Oklahoma beats whoever they need to beat, and then Clemson beats Pittsburgh. So we see four Oklahoma, Alabama one, mm-hmm. Clemson Notre Dame, which is. I think that would be the best thing for college football. I mean, would create the best games. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know. Notre Dame's got to be in there because they're undefeated. But if, in my opinion, if Bama were to lose to Georgia, I could see a scenario where Notre Dame gets left out. Because yep. what Bama has done to teams all year long, I think even if they lose to Georgia, they are still in, no questions asked. I mean, you got to put Georgia in if they beat Alabama. So, And then Clemson's in. And honestly, I would give the nod to Oklahoma over Notre Dame if that happened. Yeah, I totally agree. And the thing is, we're not – you just might come off like, oh, we're rooting for Notre Dame to get killed. That's we, We're not rooting for that. That's not the case. I hope Notre Dame goes out and proves us wrong and gives us a great game against Clemson, but we're just trying to be realistic. Yeah, there's That's no not, bias here. It's all no. – this is what we think. And like we said, Bama, Clemson I, – I think – here's what I said. I said, Bama's all the way up at like floor 10. Clemson's at like floor seven or eight, and then everyone else is at at the bottom. I believe yeah. so. That is uh, hitting the nail on the head. Yeah. And uh, just to explain my thinking with the uh, with the uh, Oklahoma getting in over Notre Dame again, like Jake said, not because I hate Notre Dame, but Oklahoma has one loss, and if they win this weekend, they'll pretty much avenge their one loss. So it's like, I mean, that one loss is pretty much not even there. So. I mean, it would be tough to keep Oklahoma out mm-hmm. for the playoff. Yeah. And just like like we said in the last podcast, we said, Notre Dame, you have to go out and schedule the established programs. Like, you've scheduled Stanford and USC. And I, in my opinion, we can all agree, the Pac-12 is kind of a joke right now, and especially the last couple of years. Yeah. You just go schedule the Ohio States or the schedule in Oklahoma, schedule a Texas. Some, West Virginia, yeah. somebody. Just stop. Yeah, like the Pac-12 teams. Pac-12 is kind of a joke, but... Well, uh, and it's... And it's also the close calls they've had with the nobody team. Yeah. Pittsburgh. I mean, mean, Pittsburgh's going to be in the ACC championship, but... Yeah, I mean, but like the Ball State thing. Ball State, I think, has three wins. And at home, there's no reason Ball State should not have gotten beaten by four scores. As a matter of fact, too, at a 5-6 and USC team, there it was a very close game, and... I mean, there is if if USC doesn't have three turnovers that game, I firmly believe that USC they were wins they that were game. moving the ball up yep. and down the field on that defense. Pretty sure they fumbled on the twenty yard line. Yeah, or something. That's 
really tough. All right, so let's kind of throw this in the mix here, too. We've talked about who we think the four is going to be. I want to hear what you guys have to say. Say you could change the college football playoff. Would you, and what would you change it to? I think eight is perfect. So how are you deciding? Are you just going the top eight ranked to get I in? Would, I would say top eight teams in the country. I know a lot of people with the eight have said the five power five conference of champions, but I'm just a fan of the best eight teams get in. Mm-hmm. You know, whether that be four or five teams from the SEC or four or five from the Big Ten or Big 12 or whatever, I... I don't care. I think eight is a perfect number. <clears throat> I'm very in the middle about this. I could be swayed either way. <coughs> but I would love to see expansion to, like you said, eight teams. Because it's just, it just sucks that you have the U- a UCF team, I mean, who obviously lost Milton. Um, but, yeah, I, I firmly believe that it's – I think underdogs are great for sports. Mm-hmm. And I feel like you put them in at, like – I know they would not beat Bama if they were the eight – but if you put them in at the seven or the six, something like that, they could definitely give a team some trouble, I believe. Food for thought, if if you put uh, Notre Dame at three and UCF at six, and Mackenzie Milton yeah. is not hurt, they lose that yeah. game. that's a tough game. That would be, mm-hmm. you know, what we want to see. Yep. I'm right here with these guys. Um, I've gone back and forth on whether or not I think it should be the Power Five Conference champions. I could see that doing the Power Five Conference champions. Then you throw in two like wild card bids from those Power Five, and you toss in one at large. I don't like that, though, because I'm thinking, what if this weekend Pittsburgh goes and beats Clemson and Northwestern beats Ohio State? I don't want to see Pittsburgh and Northwestern no, in know. the college football playoff. So I think you got to go top eight, and that gives you – the room to give a team like UCF a shot or a team like in years past when Boise State has been up there. It gives you a chance to let them go in there and say, okay, you've claimed that you're just as good as these guys. Go out and show it. Let's see it. But the problem, I I, I do see one problem with expanding it is I think you're going to have a couple big-name players that honestly may choose to sit out because of that because – even if you're making the college football playoff right now, you're playing two. I know every game's high intensity, but you're playing two absolute everything you got high intensity games. And if you add it and make it three, that's tough. If you do that, I think you got to go 11, a, 11, 11 regular season games, games and yeah. then toss for sure, toss a week off in between the semis and the championship. My thing is, it would be so easy to just cut the regular season down to 11. You, oh, cut, yeah. you cut away one of the non-conference game that are like Idaho State. Oh, yeah, you, you cut out the, what is when, it, the second to last week of football for the Bama's SEC? Yeah, Citadel. Like, no one wants to see that. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, but people would love to see an 18 playoff, so I, mm-hmm. I feel like that would be very easy to do to just cut away one game, yep. you know. And then it's going back to when they expanded to four teams. I think that was the best thing that college football has done, which is why I think it would be really interesting if they – expand it to eight teams so we can just see like you said i like that idea of the power five champions but then like you said you run into the problems with northwestern or pittsburgh winning but i feel like the regular season if say if it was like the regular season winner and then the conference champion winner i feel like you take mm-hmm. if something did like happen like that you'd take the regular season mm-hmm. champion so and the other thing um if you did expand it to eight that eliminates some of these kind of <clears throat> 
crappy matchups in New York's New Year's Six Bowls because if Ohio State wins the Big Ten and Oklahoma gets in, leaving Ohio State out, you're going to see Ohio State versus a very overrated team from the Pac-12, and I think Ohio State rolls that game. So, But if you didn't and you had um, an eight-team playoff, instead of watching Ohio State beat on whoever they draw from the Pac-12, you'd see Ohio State versus Oklahoma, which I'd love to see again. And it's just, you know, and you talk about, okay, what happens when number one Alabama draws eight, uh, UCF or eight, like a two-loss LSU or something, well, then they deserve that. They just, they played hard, and there's nothing to say that someone's not going to go give them a fight. My thing is with the eight-team playoff, it, it puts in all the teams that think they should be in. So at that point, once you're in that eight-team playoff, like the best team is going to win either you put up or shut up. Like, I mean, yep. if you're the eight, you just you got to know, like, hey, we got to go beat Bama and, like, I mean, if you do go beat Bama, like, your toughest test is, I mean, done already. And mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, I think it would be really fun to see because, I mean, there would be no excuses. Yeah. Like, if you're the better team, then go out and, and prove it. And there's always going to be something better, too. Like, people are going to say, oh, no, we're, we need a 16-team playoff. But that would just <laughs> be ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, there's always just going to be an argument for anything. But mm-hmm. like we said, our choice would be eight teams. So I think we'd all love to see that. I'm sure you guys would love to see that. I just don't see it happening because these eight teams would be playing the same amount of games as they would have with a 12-game regular season. But all these teams that are not making um, the college football playoff, they're losing the game. That's taking away revenue from the NCAA, from universities with ticket sales, TV deals. So I think it's going to be tough to put something like that in motion. Um, I pray they find a way to. But until then, I don't think we're going to see um, an eight-team eight playoff for a while. All right here. Some other kind of just news for the day. Uh, North Carolina fired their head coach, Fedora, after going 2-9. and nine. Um, As I mentioned earlier, the 49ers cut Reuben Foster this morning. Um, another... Uh, another case of he was arrested last night for domestic violence with the same woman that accused him it was either last year or two years ago so um good move it's very odd for a team to cut a player on a sunday morning that they're playing um but a very good move by the 49ers um foster obviously needs he, he needs to get his life together um so you pray that he can figure it out um you pray that the victim comes out of this all right and stuff so um, good to see the 49ers did cut him, though, this morning. Um, besides that, um, not much going on besides NFL games. Um, I did think it was pretty cool. <laughs> um, everyone remembers Baker planting the Oklahoma flag in um, <laughs> the Ohio State logo right in the middle. Florida went to go do that yesterday when they played Florida State. Um, Florida's coach, I think he shot it down, though, before they could do it. But um, it's it was a fun weekend to watch heated rivalries like that. Um, Florida State had a pretty good year. Or not Florida State. Florida had a pretty good year. Florida State had a terrible year. And they're still just getting so pumped up over beating on <laughs> a pretty bad Florida State team. So that makes rivalry week pretty fun. Um, um, kind of going off that, I... I um <clears throat> I know it was rivalry week and everything like very heated, very heated games, a lot on the line, bragging rights, all this. But I really do not 
like how there I think there was three brawls in in games this mm-hmm. week. And I mean, yeah, that's great. That's very, that's a lot of competitiveness, a lot of blood's boiling, a lot of tension, but I really I don't think that's good for football if when you have three brawls happen in one week. And especially there was one where it was with assistant coaches, mm-hmm. which is very weird because they're not playing the game. They're obviously coaches, but it's just I think it's very bad for football. If you want to do that, go be a UFC fighter or something. Like this is this is football. I know it's a physical game, but that's not how the sport should be played. There should definitely not be brawls after a game. Like if you're gonna do it, like if you are going to do it, do it outside of the stadium where no one can see. Like get your anger or whatever you have in you, but. It's very bad for football, especially be seeing on social media and all that. That's just, I, I don't know. I just didn't like it. Colin, will you answer a question for me? Yeah. You played football um, yeah. in high school. Why the hell would you throw a punch at a guy with a helmet on? What's <laughs> um, that going to do to him? I want to know that. I don't know. I, I, I always thought about that, too, especially I remember seeing a couple of weeks ago, I think, Aaron Donald threw on his helmet and just went over and, just I think he threw he threw, threw a punch I believe, and I've never understood that when you throw a punch you're looking to do some damage to him and if they have a helmet on, <laughs> I don't think it's gonna do much damage besides I, I jot think, him a little bit. I think like, the best thing that could happen, like the only thing that could happen there out of that is that you break your hand. Yeah. So <laughs> uh, I, mean, I can't say I've never had I can't say I've had the thought during a football game I'm gonna go punch that guy because I feel like it'll do a lot of damage like mm, I. I don't know. Football players don't really think with their head sometimes. I don't know. That's that's (laughs) tough. That's really tough. But like Colin said. Give him a body shot in the stomach (laughs) or something. That's what I was (laughs) Like, really. And I think the worst one that I saw yesterday was after the LSU Texas A&M game. There was two assistant coaches from each team throwing Mm -hmm. punches. And, Mm -hmm. like, that's just classless in my eyes. And, you know... Like, that just ruins what was probably the yeah. best game in college football year. Yep. Like, mm-hmm. um, I don't I don't know why there wouldn't be a lot of respect because it was two good teams going at it. But whatever was said, those, I mean, those coaches, something needs to happen to them because that just, that really sets a bad example. Yes. Looks bad for the university, too. Very bad. Um, and also, fine. sorry, no, um, the NC State-North Carolina game, too, had a had a brawl. And you're looking at a... I feel like if you're looking at a 2-9 and nine North Carolina team, and I feel like that is a very, very bad part on them because you're looking at an 8-3 NC State team who's probably going to go to a decent bowl game, and you start a fight with a team, you have nothing to lose, North Carolina. 2-9, and nine, nothing, nothing to gain either. And you, you say, all right, screw it, let's, let's start a fight. Like, I just, this is very bad, in my opinion. I, I don't like it at all. Well, my thing is... Uh, North Carolina, probably, you're 2-9, and nine, like, a lot of frustration. You lose a tough rivalry game like that. I understand why they're upset. NC State, I don't know what you're doing. Like Campbell yeah. said, you still have a lot to play for. You won like, the game in overtime. Like, yeah, I mean. Be the bigger. Just be classy. Yeah. And there's nothing you can do if you get a punch thrown at you. Yeah, like, I'd, I, mean, I would have done the same thing, but, geez, I, I don't know. I mean, it's just stuff you hate to see. You yeah. wouldn't want to see North Carolina State's best players yeah. having to sit out because yeah. of what happened after the game. Yeah. There was a lot of punches thrown, too. It so. went on for a while. <clears throat> Last thing we kind of want to roll into here with college football <clears throat> is talking about moves in the offseason, possibly. 
Um, Kansas played Texas very tough on, was it Friday? Mm-hmm. That was surprising, and that makes it interesting next year when you got a team that's playing not like Kansas normally plays and you got less miles coming to town. So that's going to be interesting to watch next year, seeing what how Kansas does, how Texas does after coming into this year very hyped up, moving up to sixth, I believe, in the rankings at one point and then struggling against a Kansas team. So that's interesting. Um, the other one, Louisville obviously has a uh, head coach opening, and there's been a lot of rumors floating around about Jeff Brom, uh, Purdue's head coach going there. Um, I think he said he wants yeah, to stay at Purdue, though. Yeah, he did say this is where I want to be. And <clears throat> it just makes you wonder, though, you know, I'm sure Scott Frost didn't want to leave mm-hmm. UCF. Uh, it's but it's money tough, talks. yeah. Money, money talks, talks, and it's tough to pass up on a chance to go home. Yeah. Um, obviously, we know LeBron did it. <laughs> Worked out decently for him, yeah. so um, it's tough to pass up on that opportunity. So, kind of um, wraps up. You got anything? I, else? I would. I want to talk about the the last miles to Kansas thing. I I think it's a sexy hire for yes. Kansas. Big splash, and definitely. A lot of Kansas people are going to be excited about that, but. Uh, my hot take on it is I do not see that working out because yeah. in the Big 12, where a lot of points need to be scored to win, um, Les Miles at LSU never really had a good offense. So um, I would like to see Les Miles put together a great offense first before you know I get too excited. But my hot take is I don't, I don't see it working out there at Kansas for Les Miles. Like you said, it was very sexy hire. Like, there's going to be a lot of coverage on him. It's, I think it's really good for Kansas football. Yeah, they're going to be excited. They're going to get a lot of exposure, I believe. And But like you said, Brooke, I, I don't see this working out at all either. You got a, a longtime SEC coach coming into a Big 12 that likes to score. They like to get up, up and down the field, and I just don't see it happening. And it's going to be tough to bring – um, solid talent to a Kansas team that doesn't have the greatest facilities for football, doesn't have a great stadium, and is clearly a basketball school. So it's going to be, it's going to be tough. Les will have his work cut out for him recruiting too. I mean, he's going to have to just try to get people in the seats too. Yeah, yeah. for sure. If you've ever been to a Kansas football game? I mean, I've seen I've seen high school games that get better, draw yeah. better crowds. So, yeah. but it's a great, it's a sexy hire. It's a big splash. Good, good for you, Kansas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, I know Colin and Brooke have been itching all morning to talk about Tiger Phil. <clears throat> yep. Colin, Which is, you talk about I that. want to quickly uh, uh, jump on that, too. Uh, I'm really excited because I believe I got a notification saying they're going to refund everybody who bought the pay-per-view, even though it was only 20 bucks. But I feel like, I feel like it's really it's a great move because there's a lot of people watching it for free on Bleacher Report Live. And when I saw that, I said, well, geez, why didn't I just do that? But um, other than that, I'm glad we're going to get a refund. But I definitely would not ask for a refund because it was everything we asked for. Um, it was, I think the biggest lead was one sh- one up, I believe. It was all it was all square, either one up by Phil most of the match. But yeah, uh, great, really great entertainment. Um, I know that. None of them hit birdie on the first hole, so those side bets kind of didn't happen. But <laughs> I think uh, Phil Phil missed the putt, and then P- Tiger goes, well, that hurts the pocket. <laughs> but, yeah, great entertainment. I'm glad Phil won. Um, and after after Phil won, the belt 
uh, he put it on. He said, wow, you guys were for sure thinking that Tiger was going to win it. <laughs> this is a little snug. <laughs> um, I wasn't paying like super close attention, but what happened on the, the 21st hole where Tiger said, I don't want to oh, win like that? Yeah, that's another thing. Um, it was, I can't remember who, it was uh, Phil's putt, I believe. And then Tiger said, and so whoever, I, I can't remember who it was. Sounded like an idiot here, but... I could be wrong, so don't quote me on this, but I thought Tiger had a tap-in to win, and... I don't think it was a tap-in either. It was like a good five, six-footer. Ah, yeah, I don't know. And whoever... I need to find that out. It's it's bugging me now. But, yeah, they said... They said, I don't want to win like that. Let's go to the next hole. Yeah. And which is really overlooked, too, about that, is they had to pull out lights to finish this. It was pitch black in Vegas, and they had to pull up lights just to finish this match, which is, oh man, I, I want to go back to our last podcast. This is great for sports. This needs to happen more often, whether it's, like you said, a, like there needs to be better dunk contests, better home run derbies, whatever it is. Have, have LeBron, KD do a little one-on-one match, whatever it is. I don't know. Stuff like this needs to happen more, in my opinion. Big advocate for LeBron being in the dunk contest. Yes, needs to happen. Like like we said, LeBron, if you're listening, it needs to happen. <laughs> NBA did take a huge step this year, though, by saying that they will televise the All-Star Draft. Uh, <laughs> I think that's going to be very entertaining to watch, especially when we find out who's representing um, what side. It's the player with the most votes out of the West and the most votes out of the East, I believe, that get to represent the two captains. So it'll be interesting. LeBron's going to have to compete against Durant, um, Steph, couple different guys in the west harden probably if he wants to be captain <laughs> and uh i think the east i don't know i'm i'm gonna go ahead and say it might be Giannis that yeah <laughs> gets the probably. east but i think it's gonna be interesting to have that televised and <laughs> watch the reactions of different guys as they get picked and stuff yeah and i feel like the NFL, the sorry the nba all-star game is has kind of been not a joke but it's just been no defense really the past few years and it's just this is a great promotion, I believe. Mm-hmm. Like you said, it's a good big step for him, and I'll pot, I'll definitely tune in to watch it. But I don't know if I'll watch the All Star yeah. game just because I've never been a huge All Star game yeah. guy. But it's not competitive. No. The Pro Bowl's not competitive. Yeah. But Brooke and I remember watched the MLB All Star game this year, and that was a blast to watch. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was just you've got some of the best pitching in the game, yeah. and it was just homer after homer. Yes, that was. I think, I, I don't know, I think, I don't know, it's kind of hard for baseball to, like, because baseball, you gotta, you still gotta hit the ball pitch and field, and, you know, mm-hmm. and, I mean, like, it's kind of hard to fake that, but, man, the MLB All-Star Game is really fun to watch, especially this year, with Joe Buck's call. <laughs> Scooter Jeanette hits a home run to tie it up, <laughs> and you just hear Joe Buck, as dead straight as can be, a man named Scooter just tied this ball game, and it's still one of my favorite calls. It was for an All Star game, and I just I love it. You know, Joe Buck gets a lot of hate, but I'm a big fan of Joe Buck. To be he honest, is, he is a funny guy. He's always, he's always doing the big NFL games at three o'clock, and I just I'm gonna jump in real quick here. If you hear this before noon, your inactives today are AJ Green, Alex Collins, and Devin Funchess. Actives are Doug Baldwin, Shaq Mason, Sony Michelle, Tom Brady, and Gronk. So if you're listening to this before twelve. 
you got any of those guys, A.J. Green, Collins, or Funches in your lineup, get them out now. Definitely putting Doug Baldwin in my lineup, that's for sure. Sorry, didn't mean to interrupt you there. I wanted to get a I you want to continue. Breaking news. <laughs> Doug Baldwin is playing. <laughs> so, yeah, that'll, that'll make the uh, Patriots' life a little bit easier. Sony's playing, Brady and Gronk. Um, we'll see how they do. Especially Tom after coming off a week of not practicing, Gronk after a couple weeks of not playing. Um, should open up a pretty big day for, um, gosh, I can't think of his last name. It's a running back for Baltimore. His name's Gus. Edwards. Gus Edwards. And since Lamar, because Lamar's starting today, right? Yes. And since Lamar's starting, they use Gus a lot. So Gus Edwards, big day today for for fantasy and probably a big day for Tyler Boyd as well with A.J. Green out yep. again. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> but besides that, that's all the breaking news we got. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see here. I want to give a quick shout-out to the Creighton volleyball team for winning their fifth straight Big East regular season title, fifth straight Big East tournament championship, um, national player or Big East player of the year in that conference, um, good friend of mine, Taryn Cloth. First team, all Big East. Super exciting for her. Two-time Big East Player of the Week this year, too. Um, and everyone talks about Nebraska volleyball. Creighton's ranked ninth in the country very right now. quietly. Yes. Yeah. doing very well this year. I feel like that's where you want to be. The, yeah. Less, yeah. the less talked about yeah. team. And, oh, I would give – I'd give anything. Creighton and Nebraska had a great game earlier in the year. Creighton was up 2-0. Yeah. Nebraska beat them. Nebraska 3-2. came back. I would give anything to see that matchup again in the in the tournament. And Every, Creighton, they're both going to get seeded pretty well. I think Nebraska's six in the country. Creighton's nine. nine. They could definitely see yeah. each other. Mm-hmm. I would think – I mean, this is a long shot to happen, but maybe to see them in the championship. That would be, that would be awesome. Great for the state mm-hmm. of Nebraska. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would love it. Mm-hmm. If you are an avid Nebraska volleyball watcher and have not watched Creighton, I highly encourage you to do so. Um, very fun team to watch. Once again, shout out to my coworker. Um, killing it. But that's uh, volleyball is something that we don't really know a whole lot about. Yeah. I can't tell you a lot of the rules. I don't very, understand what a yeah. lift is or anything, but it's We're when you got vanilla when it comes to yeah. it, Nebraska Creighton. So yeah. Yeah. when you got two teams that you know are just exciting to watch, yeah, I'll watch blessed. anything. Yeah, less in the state of Nebraska. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But let's talk about a little college basketball here. Okay. The um, <clears throat> Gonzaga Bulldogs coming to Omaha That's uh, this this Saturday. Number one in the country. Number could be they beat Duke, but I don't I think the think rankings have, have come be. out yet. Yeah. But they would definitely have to be number one. So. And Creighton pulled out a really good win against Clemson. I wasn't expecting that. Um, they're looking better. They look like a completely different team against than they did against Ohio State. Um, still optimistic about it. I'm. I don't know what to think about them, but I think if they play Gonzaga well this Saturday, I feel like there could be a lot of things to look forward to. Um, yeah, Brooke, you want to talk about Nebraska? Um. Nebraska basketball, tough loss in the championship of the Hall of Fame Classic. I I just attribute that to uh, Texas, Texas Tech just played better. Um, I think Nebraska had yet to see someone who played defense like that, so that was kind of a wake-up call for them. No one shot well except Isaac, Isaac Copeland, but they trounced Western Illinois yesterday, which got them back on track, and they also have... They're at Clemson Monday, so that'll probably be their biggest test of the year up to this point. So, well, I mean, we'll get a measuring stick for where they're at. 
And sure, I'll take UNO basketball. So um, <laughs> a shout-out, though, to uh, Io yesterday. Yeah. Shot eight for eight from the field, four for four from three. I want to say six or seven assists, no turnovers, three steals. So yeah. that's about as great of a stat line as you can get. So metro, a career day. Metro area kid, love yep. to see yeah. that. And give a big shout-out to the – I think his name is Darren Hansen. Mm-hmm. Hansen. Mm-hmm. Uh, big shout-out. He, he's been – recruiting these Omaha kids and there is so much hidden talent here in Omaha mm-hmm. with we have a lot of we we have a lot of good players and that goes very overlooked and you saw it was it two years ago when UNO made the Summit League final yep. who was leading them to former Central High School studs yep. Treshawn Thurman who is now at Nevada balling out shout yep. out to him he's had a top five yeah. play on yeah he's on 10. SE top 10 yeah. and uh Trady on Hollins um who's now I believe in the G League yep. uh so if you are a college coach listening to this, definitely look at Omaha players. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely. You got yeah. it. Well, just to to recap, all the kids that are at D one schools, you got Ed Chang and uh, a quicker rope, two yep. studs, killing it, San Diego State. So. Uh, you got a Gal at Fresno State. Yep. Um, a Coy's back at Louisville, yeah. and then a Call Rope just committed to Nebraska. Yeah, mm-hmm. big in state get for the Huskers. Um, yeah, there's a lot of hidden talent. And Creighton just recruited a uh, Sharif uh, Mitchell. Sharif, yeah, Sharif yeah. Mitchell. Omaha Burke. He's play, a stud yeah. too. He's a very good player. <clears throat> and then you obviously got your Patton in the NBA. Yeah. Kyrie, <clears throat> Kyrie in the NBA. Thomas. Well, I think Kyrie's is he in the G League right now? You'll, yeah, you'll see him. You'll see been, him. Yeah, <clears throat> I think he played a two way. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, he played a couple games <clears throat> there in the NBA, and then he's killing it in the G League mm-hmm. from what I've seen. Patton's had a tough break with health, so you'd like oh, to see yeah. him get healthy, <clears throat> do what he needs to do to, you know, rehab, and then hopefully see him on a court <clears throat> now that he's in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's an exciting team. If, if Patton could get on the floor there, uh, Philly's, <laughs> they got a lot of different personalities. Uh, they're fun to watch, especially yeah. with Jimmy Butler there now, so Very we'd intriguing. love to see Patton get on the, mm-hmm. on the floor there. But Let's see, what else? Was there any other big um, ones in college basketball this Villanova week? Villanova with the two bad losses. Very, very disappointing year to start for them. But you'll have, you have to believe Jay Wright will fix whatever's going on there. I don't know if it's a internal locker room issue or what's going on, but you have to think losing to Furman, was it? Yeah. That's, but, it's almost you know, like a bye game. Like That may not be as bad as loss as people may seem because... From what I've heard, Furman might be a tournament team this year. Yeah. Obviously, Villanova should still win that game, but I mean, anytime you get a struggling team versus a tournament team, I mean, stuff like that's bound to happen once in a while. So, yeah, I I would say Villanova fans don't panic yet, but Villanova, you got a very good chance to go redeem yourself today uh, against number fourteen Florida State. So that'd be a big win <clears throat> to get them going back in the right direction again. You know what the spread is on that? Um, Villanova by three, I think. Villanova's favored? Yes. Dang. And uh, unfortunately, I do not think Villanova gets a win today because that Florida yeah, State team is, is tough. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, the number one recruit this week, James Wiseman, committed to Memphis. Um, that'll be fun to watch. I loved watching Memphis when D. Rose was there. Yeah, yeah, so very exciting. Cool Penny, to see. Yeah, Penny Hardaway. Penny Hardaway will have that team in the tournament sooner rather than later because, yeah. I mean, he got the number one recruit in the country, for Christ's sake. So, I mean, Andy's a good coach. Uh, the team he has this year is not too bad either. They're, they're fun to watch, score a lot of points. Um, All right, guys. So we kind of hit the one-hour mark here for our podcast, and we don't want to shoot any higher than that. So we're going to call today. 
Uh, we hope you enjoyed today's topics. Hope you give this a listen. Once again, send us any feedback you have, um, anything you want to see covered, and we'd be happy to cover it. Um, so, yeah, that's about it. Thanks for listening, and check out our life podcast this week. Take it from us. Later.